0: We get bored in the salon because we're never trying anything new. If you stay educated, it gets you excited. It gets you wanting to try something new. You try that new thing on your guests, then all of a sudden you have a higher average ticket. What's up guys, welcome to today's podcast, Woke Up This Way. Uh, This podcast is brought to you by my good friends at MinervaBeauty.com. Super excited to be hanging out with you guys. Tons of stuff to talk about. Got a bunch of uh, questions submitted through Instagram and Facebook, so I'm going to be sharing those with you guys. We're going to talk about hair subjects, whatever you guys want to talk about. So if you're live in the chat, thank you for joining. Um, I'm going to be on here for probably the next... 30 minutes or so. Uh, start my salon day at 1 o'clock, so that's in an hour. Um, so yeah, excited to hang out with you guys and uh, get things going. So this podcast is brought to you by my friends at Minerva Beauty, like I said. Uh, they hooked up our salon. Check out the salon furniture here. We also have these new gold trays, and I'm going to be giving away uh, one of these gold trays to one of you lucky uh, listeners or live streamers. So, um, But this is a, a video of my salon. Uh, That I took the other day with just my phone. Uh, I just wanted to share with you guys what it looks like. So, that's that. All right. so, and again, if you're looking for salon furniture, go to MinervaBeauty.com backslash FSE, you'll get a discount, and we're going to give some stuff away. So, uh, how are you guys this morning? I want to see in the chat where are you uh, listening from or watching from. Um, This podcast will be available on iTunes later on. Uh, i like to do the video live first. Then we'll take it down and then we'll repost the video all over the place. And we'll also um, post it on iTunes as well. So I see you guys logging in. I see uh, your chat there. Let me see where we're at. Everything, that looks good. I'm gonna relaunch the chat. See if that will uh, pop it up. Oh, there we go. Now I really see you guys. Cool. Monica says that's a cool looking tray. Thanks Monica. All right. So again, if you guys have questions, post them below. Um, I'm going to pull up the first question now. We're going to get started uh, with the show. So here we go. All right. This first question is from actually a good friend of mine, uh, Andrew Does Hair. He's an internet friend of mine. So when we all both started the social media thing, um, you know, he kind of blew up on Instagram. I was working on YouTube. Um, so, you know, it's it's been cool to watch. His growth. Um, I did an interview with him back in the day when I first started this podcast um, at the ISSE hair show. Uh, we both had no idea who each other were, did the interview um, and kind of been connected ever since. And he's actually going to be a guest maybe next week on this show. So, uh, but he asked the question on Instagram and I thought it was cool. Uh, I'd like to talk to him more about it. But he says, What if, uh, if anything, happened before you decided to start making your content? A lot of people myself included tend to wait until they feel worthy so to speak before they educate did you have a moment or a re- revelation uh, where you knew it was time to start so uh, this is where I think this is uh, such a cool question because I think um, even if you're not trying to be an educator uh, in the industry or depending on it doesn't even matter what job you're you're trying to do um, for me I think I've just always been a person that, always felt like I had something to share. So for my advice to people out there that are kind of hesitant to making content or creating stuff or just feeling like people might put down what they're doing. Um, I would say, don't worry so much about it. I think if you're in it to impress people, I think that's where you're going to lose in the end because I've never been in it to necessarily impress. I've just been in it to share what I know um and i always thought what i knew was cool so like that kind of uh and maybe that's like a little bit of a confidence like i don't have confidence in everything in life but like for some reason i like studying uh information learning about something and being able to share it uh in different ways so for me it was such a, a cool outlet and to kind of get in a little bit deeper into what my um you know my career kind of started out like i didn't know i wanted to be a hairdresser so when i was 21 i kind of had no idea what i was doing in my life and uh it it just happened like i I met a guy and he said you know you're always coloring your hair funny colors maybe you would want to be a hairdresser my wife is a, a school teacher at a hairdressing school and so at that point um i didn't know i wanted to be a hairdresser but i thought it sounded like a cool job and but prior to that, I always would try to do things that kind of were sharing in front of people, right? So, like, I always enjoyed performing or doing things, um, you know, whether it was playing sports or being in the high school musical or, you know, playing in a band or, you know, just anything you could do to kind of get in front of people. I liked doing that. So, um, naturally, when I started doing hair, I didn't know there was this whole other side, like this education side. Um, so when I learned about that that's when it clicked for me and that's when I knew um this is what I wanted to do. Like for me creating content for you guys or education for you guys is what makes me happy. It's like what it's what I like doing um throughout my day. Um I like creating those things. So um do I do I like sitting behind the chair all day? It's not like my that's not my favorite thing, but that's why this industry is so cool because you, you can evolve yourself into whatever you want your career to be. So to answer Andrew's question a little bit better, um, there was never a point in my career. Like even when I learned the first thing I learned, I wanted to share it with somebody. So I didn't feel like, Oh, I should have this plethora of techniques before I go teach something. Like it was how to hold your scissor. Um, you know, how to flip your scissor, how to do the stroking technique. Like these are all things that I started studying right in, right when I got into school. Um, and I just kept wanting to learn. So I think one of the, the biggest things that happened for me, uh, as a young stylist was I had a, I had a few teachers that really helped me kind of become like, they knew that I wanted to learn stuff. Right. So I had one teacher gave me a huge box full of VHS. um, VHS to to the young ones is uh, a videotape. And that's what they used to put hair collections on. You couldn't just go to YouTube and search. And uh, he gave me a huge box of VHS tapes and it had like Tony and Guy collections and um, Michael O'Rourke and Paul Mitchell. And it was just all this stuff. And like, I got obsessed with watching those videos. Um, And that's how I learned all the stuff I learned at the beginning. And then I just couldn't wait to share that stuff, you know? And I think um, you always, like, for me, when you share something, like, I don't make a video about combing to impress somebody that's really good at combing, right? I, I make a video about combing because I know there's somebody out there that can use that help. Um, when you try to wait till you feel worthy enough to make a piece of content for the person that is at this level, right? And not at this education level, then you're going to be waiting forever because you never know when you're there. Right? So I just, I love putting out a video about simple things and making them as simple as possible and not making people feel like this is another thing about the, the education industry and just like the way people put things out. I feel like they put things out sometimes to intimidate. Or, and maybe they're not even doing it on purpose. They just want to be really cool. They want to look cool. They want to like impress everyone. And I think that it doesn't like there's a point where you're inspiring somebody and then there's a point where you're just kind of uh, showing off, but not sharing. And I just always think that sharing is the best. Like, so, and that's just my opinion. And not everybody shares that, but you have to figure out what you are good at. Uh, what you want to share and what you like sharing, and then do that. Even if you're a hairdresser and you like sharing something else, like share that uh, if hair is not your thing. So, um, but you should always have the confidence that you have something to share. There's always something that you know that somebody else doesn't know or they just forgot about and you can share it. And, um, you know, it grows from there. Uh, And don't worry about, like I say, it grows from there, but don't worry about growing. That's another kind of big thing. Um, I think people get too carried away with, this is going to be a big idea and this is going to make me really popular on the internet. And that's not like when I started free salon education, every single subscriber that happened on YouTube, it wasn't like, um, I was like, oh, I'm going to get a million subscribers or I'm going to have like this or that. Like it was, Literally, like I got excited about every single subscriber that happened. Um, And if there was 10 people on uh, watching a video, like that's 10 people. Um, I came from a background of of education. A lot of you guys might do this as well. Um, But I was in my car every week, traveling, driving hours to teach three people. Um, And now it's like we get on live and we have 20 people on live and people are bummed out about it because they feel like, that's not enough, it's not impressive, but like for me, if I have 20 people on here now, which is probably the case in some of these feeds, um, you know, like I don't care. I'm talking to 20 people that I don't even have to leave my office to talk to you guys um, when I used to drive hours and hours to get to. So um, so that's like, that's the biggest thing about the internet. You always have something to share. All you have to do is just record it. Um, we talk about this a lot, but you guys are creating all day. The biggest difference between you and what I've been able to build here uh, is that I capture it and you just have to hit record and capture it and share it. And don't be afraid. Like just be proud of it. Um happy Friday guys. I see Don, Michelle. I got a new live stream set up that it's not really new. It's just reworked and uh so I hope you guys like it. But um I got a ton of computer screens in front of my face so I can see all of your chatting on every thing and I can run everything from it. So um, Natasha, hello, Monica. Hello, Grace, Donna, Gina. All right. So, uh, so that's the first one. That's Andrew's question. Hope that I think me and him uh, when he gets on here live next week or so um, we'll go more in depth with that conversation. All right. So. Here's the next question. Josie hair artist on Instagram. She says, what do you do to stay inspired to create new looks? Now this is a, this is a cool question because, um, I think I'm like 900, I think 900 videos in on YouTube and creating. And, um, this is what you guys know about style and like fashion or whatever, like it comes and goes. And a lot of the videos that I was making six years ago, those techniques are becoming a little popular again. Um, You know, I just saw that a 2020 trend is gonna be chunky highlights again. And like, it's just funny because when I was in beauty school that was like the biggest thing. And then we got away from it. It was like, you cannot do chunky highlights. And now, you know, they're, I guess, coming back. So now i'm looking at like how do i do chunky highlight videos you know so like th- those are the things like that's how you stay inspired you stay inspired by by looking and keeping your eyes open to what is going on around you um and it doesn't have to be within hair like i think the biggest thing for me is being able to flip um what's currently happening in my life to um what's currently happening in my life to what i do for a living or professionally and like I've been really involved lately with our son who's uh, 11 and he's really into lacrosse. And like, so we've been doing this training stuff a lot. And like, so we're exposed to that a lot. So it's kind of like, it's consumed a lot of like my thought process in a way. And so then the other day I'm sitting there thinking like, well, how do I, what do I do for my next haircutting video? And in sports, you call them reps and like, it's just repetitions of doing the same thing so that as you um, you get into a situation, it's just kind of second nature uh, to the way that you move. So we tried to transfer that into a haircutting video. And, you know, we just cut the same bob multiple times over and over again. And that's a video you can see. It's our last one on YouTube. But, um, you know, it's just taking inspiration from the things around you. You go to a restaurant and the way that they write the menu or... the the way that the server speaks to you or like like everything, everything inspires what happens to you. So the way that you stay inspired is for me, like experiencing new things. Um, if you're always doing the same old stuff constantly, you don't try new places, new people, new things like you can't, you're not going to be inspired. You're going to stay where you're at. So just keep putting yourself into new situations. Um, be a yes-man, I guess, if, you, if you've seen that movie. Um, be more of a yes-man and just kind of put yourself into better experiences or new experiences, not better, but new. And uh, I think you'll come out thinking differently when you, uh, when you need to be inspired for something. Uh, hello from Scotland. Colin. Hello. Sweet. All right. So hopefully, Josie, that answers your question. All right, next one here. All right, this is a this is a cool question. They're all cool, so I'm just gonna keep saying they're cool. Uh, KK the stylist, how 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 do you, how to build a heavier fringe with thin hair or a thinner d- density? So here's why I thought this was a great question is not because I'm gonna sit here and explain to you guys how to cut. Uh, a heavier fringe. I want to put a little, not that I'm going to explain to you guys here. I just need a little bit of background sound. Um, Not that I'm going to explain to you guys how to cut a heavier fringe. I might do a video on that. I've done lots of videos on that. But what I want to talk to you guys about with this subject is the fact that you don't have to give everybody everything they ever wanted. Right? So when you have a client in the salon, one of my biggest things is, be realistic with them because if you're not, if you try to go further than you can, um, all you're gonna do is is end up ruining their hair or giving them a bad experience because you could probably cut a heavier fringe on thin hair. Um, and in some cases you can, but you could cut that and make it look great that day. But then what happens is she goes home and then she tries to style it and it doesn't work. So, uh, and when it doesn't work, then the bad reviews come, or she doesn't rebook, or she doesn't, um, she cancels her next appointment. Like all of these things happen because we tried to do something that the person shouldn't wear. Like not everybody can have heavy bangs. It's maybe it wouldn't look right. Maybe their hair doesn't cater to it. So don't be afraid to speak up. That's what makes you a professional in this industry: is knowing when something will work on a person and when it won't. And when it won't, speaking up about it and giving them advice. If they don't like it, they're not happy about it. That doesn't mean go ahead and just do it. It means that maybe they're better off going with somebody else. If you keep that kind of attitude where it's professional and you work towards something, uh, maybe you lose clients along the way, but you'll gain a lot more because of that professionalism. So don't be afraid um, to tell somebody that it won't work on their hair, um, but you have other options. So that's the other thing. Don't say to them, we can't do this. Sorry, not going to do it. Say to them, we can't do this, but we can do this, right? And then go go with it that way. Maybe it's a curtain fringe. Maybe that would look better. It's something a little bit heavier, but it sits off to the side. It's not sitting so blunt. That could be a good option for you guys out there. Instead of just saying, I can't do it, say, I can't do it because it won't work on you for this reason to help them understand why. And then this is the options that we have. This is something that we can do. Hope that makes sense. See, and then this, so Marianne's saying, what is the best haircut for fine wavy hair? So here's, the. this is where we have to change the mindset of the industry. And this is Marianne, I'm just going to kind of talk about your question, but I'm going to say it in a generic way because it's not just your question. It's a lot of people's question. And you might not even be a hairstylist on here. Um, you might have that kind of hair and you're trying to figure out what works for you. Here's what I'm going to say. It's not, haircuts are not one size fits all. And just because you have fine wavy hair doesn't mean you have the same fine wavy hair as somebody else. So um, when people ask that question, and I get asked that question all the time, and most of the time it's for fine hair, uh, that's why I make a lot of fine hair videos, but you cannot put one haircut on every single fine hair, wavy hair person and have it fit and work. So that's number one, is just to make sure that you just want to find if, if you're not a hairstylist, you want to find the right hairstylist and we're working on a solution to that now. And if you're a hairstylist and you're wondering that question, then what I would say is just study how cutting hair works, right? So if you look at, because you could have fine wavy hair and wear it short, wear it medium, wear it long. Um, and all those cuts are going to be great as long as they're done the right way. So my key things, I have a client at one o'clock who found me on YouTube. She has super fine hair. She drives two hours to get here. Um, And it's not, I'm not magically cutting her hair. What I'm doing is I'm just being cautious of the fact that she doesn't have a lot of hair. She has very fine hair. It's very silky. Um, It's very flat. So she doesn't have wavy hair. Um, And what I'm gonna do, or what I do every time, is I cater to the density, making sure that she has enough so it looks like a solid look. Um, For her, We didn't go with layers because I wanted to make sure that she didn't, um, like, I wanted to make sure that her hair felt thick still. And she doesn't do a lot of styling to her hair. She doesn't spend a lot of time on her hair. So I wanted it to kind of fall heavier. And because she doesn't spend a lot of time on it, I brought it up to medium length because medium length caters a lot more to people that don't spend a lot of time on their hair. Um, Short hair takes a lot of time to style and make it look nice. Uh, Long hair takes time to make it not look flat. Uh, And medium hair, as long as it sits, we sit it right at the shoulder at at pretty much a one-length haircut uh, with a little soft kind of face frame that flies back off her face. That's what we ended up doing for her because it suited her lifestyle. Um, Somebody else that spends a lot of time on their hair, but they have fine hair, I might put more layers into it uh, to get a little bit more movement. But I would cater to the density on the bottom, which is there's a haircut on YouTube that I did where I go from parietal ridge um, up and we layer, and from parietal ridge down, we cut one length. That haircut, um, a lot of people watched it because a lot of people want layers in fine hair, but not everybody should have them, like like we said before. So just, if you get a chance, watch that video and, un, and listen to what I'm saying about it because there are benefits to it if the person puts time into their style. Uh, let's see. Very common question. Yes, Roxy. Agree long hair takes time to make and make it flat. Cool. All right. Let's see. Let's get to the next question here. This one is a two parter. So um I want to try to because some of it's random. So 24, your stylist and educator here. Still learning a lot of new things from you. Okay. My question, or maybe more of a request, is if you could talk about people skills uh, and working on client retention. I've been seeing more and more designers going for the one-and-done approach. They they are willing to give clients whatever picture... So this is basically exactly what I was talking about. So I'm not going to read it all. But this is exactly what I was saying, is when you give somebody, and this is a 24 year stylist like that's one thing that you learn in doing hair for a long time is that you have, the guest is the most important part, right? So, and as I've been like stepping back from the chair a little bit so I can create more and, and run this company basically, um, that's what I learned is that I couldn't cater to the guest as much as I needed to and my mind wasn't with the guest because it was on all these other things. Um, as a stylist, as a professional stylist, if you want to be successful in this business, it's not, you can take a hundred classes and learn as much haircutting and coloring or whatever that you want. But if you don't spend time with the person in the chair and listen to them, see what they need, all that stuff, if you don't pay attention to that, then in the end, you will, um, you'll lose, basically. Like you won't, you'll be years into this business, and you will not have a full book. Um, the best way to grow a book, and that's the question I get all the time, is how do I grow a book as a, as a new stylist? New stylist is the easiest way. All you have to do is put yourself out there, and then when you get somebody in your chair, cater to them as 100% as much as you can. That guess is the most important thing. There's nothing more important. Your phone isn't more important. Your friends are not more important. When you want to grow a business, the business is the most important. So that person sitting in the chair, talk to them, learn about them, pay attention to them, build that relationship. That's what the number one thing is in this business. And um, I, I don't know if I talked about this in the past uh, episode, but uh, a few we- a couple weeks ago, Brian, uh, who works here, Brian Hare, started a Instagram thing, Why Are You In My Chair? Some of the stylists that work here have been doing it as well. But basically they post a picture with their client and they explain how they ended up in their chair why they're in their chair and it's a pretty cool thing that they're doing um because it's explaining the reason he wanted to start is it's it's explaining you know that there's more to this industry than a haircut and color um i've seen people color hair and cut hair really bad but be really busy and the reason that they're really busy is because they're great at building relationships so new stylists out there, people that maybe are five years into it and not that busy. That's the key. The key is building the relationship with the guest. Do, do above and beyond things for that guest and you will be more successful. You will start to see yourself growing. You'll start to see cancellations not happening. Like All of these things, a lot of stylists are like, well, what's your cancellation policy? People just get pissed about the money part of it. And if you don't focus on the money part, and you start actually focusing on the people part, then you're going to be successful. The problem is all we focus on is commission percentages and cancellation policies and all this stuff that does not matter if you're good at a relationship. And if you're good at that, you won't have cancellations very often. And if you do, it's probably for a really good reason because they can't wait to come back and see you. And percentages don't matter when you're a busy stylist, you're making money. so. I mean, don't get ripped off. But what I'm saying is it wouldn't be the first thing in your mind. It would be your guest, uh, is on your mind. So I hope that that helps you guys. Uh, Janice says time is money is the worst approach. True. Um, I don't believe that either. Uh, I think that, I mean, I get the saying time is money, but, um, it's so many people are so focused on that part of it. Um, I love money. I, I love it. But at the same time, it's about building relationships. And even when you look at free salon education, when it started out, uh, it was still free and there was no money. But you do it because I was focused on building relationships with stylists. And then, you know, two years down the road, the relationships with the stylist put me in a position to start working with brands, right? Uh, And I still, to this day, build relationships with Silas. We're building a brand new website that I cannot wait to share with you guys. It's the reason that I was gonna do the podcast yesterday and we're so close to launching this website, but I want it to be perfect and it's free. It's gonna be free for you. Um, So, but anyways, we're continuing to build the relationship And that grows a business like that's the biggest thing that you guys should be thinking about every day. All right. Um, let's see. I got a couple more questions here. All right, Nancy. Oh, these are like, so I'm going to show you guys, this is, this is what happens because I've got this question here. These are a two for because they're basically the same question. Um, I'm going into the hair industry. Um, love watching your YouTube channel. What what advice do you, would you give for somebody barely starting out in this industry, okay? And then this one is, I just have a month that I got my cosmetology license and I need some advice on how to build a clientele for myself um, and how to stay positive and motivated this early in my career. If you guys have advice, post it. Uh, those of you that have been doing hair for a while, post that in there. And then here is the next one. Again, same kind of thing. How did you uh, advertise when you were a beginner to get more clients? And when did you start charging more for a cut after how many months of working? All right. So actually I want to do this question first. These two, um, because they're a little bit different, but All right, so the first ones are basically, if you're a new stylist, what did you do? That kind of thing. Uh, So the biggest thing for a new stylist, I kind of talked about it already, but in my opinion, the number one thing that you can do as a new stylist is get involved and be present in your community, right? And by that, I mean, um, try once a week going to a different place. Go out to have lunch in different places. Um, you know, join a gym in that town or like, there's a ton of healthy things. What we did when I was, when I first moved here, when I was 21, I didn't know anybody in the town. I had $0. Um, I just got my license and the owner and I went out to the bar every night and I just started meeting people and trying to get them to come in. That's not the recommendation in my life at this point that I would give anybody, you can do that, like you can go out if you want and you'll meet people. But I think now with the internet, you don't have to do that. You could literally reach out to get models. I know Carly who works here, she's a new stylist. Uh, one thing that she's doing, which I thought was cool, is she finds groups in within her area, Facebook groups, uh, that are like women groups talking about different things. And a lot of times they'll ask about a hairstylist or what I said to her is, don't necessarily just put yourself out there, start a blog or start writing advice or making uh, a quick little clip of a video talking about hair advice. Like it goes back to the relationship part of it where a lot of people just ask for money and they don't ask for money. It's not like you come up to uh, somebody on the street and you're like, can I have your money come to my salon? It's like, um, but what you do is you say, I'd love to do your hair, here's my card. But that doesn't do anything for the person right? So the beauty about the internet is that people can kind of stalk you on the internet and figure things out about you. So for Carly, um, you know, she started writing a blog for this new website that we're launching. And it was about, you know, the different types of water and how water affects your hair. Um, She talked about trends for 2020. I'm like, if you go on those Facebook groups and you post about that stuff, that's, you don't even have to say I'm a hairstylist anywhere. All you're doing is giving advice. You're putting it out there for everybody. And then they're gonna stalk you and figure out who is this girl. I wanna go in. She seems like she knows what she's talking about. I've had problems with my hair, my water, whatever it is. And now I wanna go see her. Those are things that it just takes a little extra effort to go in. But then, so this is another thing that happened. The reason I gave her that advice was she did start posting that she was a hairdresser in the groups and the groups deleted the post, right? Because a lot of those Facebook groups they try to control the content that goes in. they want anything that's in there to be beneficial. so I said, go at it at a different angle and make sure that you're not just posting, hey, I want to um, I want you to come in and sit in my chair, Post advice for people about their hair, then you become the expert, and now people want to come see you because of that so That would be like the number one thing I would say to do is that kind of stuff. When you post on the internet, don't post that you have openings. Like, don't worry about that. People will call, people will book with you. Just post beautiful work. Um, If you don't have clients, bring in models, do hair for free, um, just so you can get photos of your work and all that stuff. Find people of the hair that you want to promote that you do, and then, you know, do those models and put it out there. As a new stylist, you're not doing anything anyways. So you might as well be getting better at doing hair, bringing in models, building relationships, uh, posting all of that stuff on the internet for people to see it. Um, let's see, all right. And then this question, I'll go back to it. How did you advertise when you were a beginner to get more clients and when did you start charging more for a cut after how many months of working? So this goes back to exactly what I was saying before. I So a little story, when I first started doing hair, the first thing on my mind was, how do I get a more expensive haircut? Because if I have a more expensive haircut, I'm gonna make more money. Now, this far into it, I've realized that that is a stupid thing to say. Um, the, your town will dictate how much you should charge for your haircut, your clientele will dictate how much you should charge. I think you start off with a low haircut price and you build from there. If if it's silly, and I'll say this until the day I die, that if you have a $500 haircut and you have two clients or you have a $30 haircut and you have a hundred clients, that's like the math speaks for itself. So, Don't like, I know you're doing more work, that's okay. No one wants to be bored at work. So no one wants to do four clients a week. I mean, if you're doing four clients a week and making over a hundred grand a year, then that's fine. But that's not gonna be the, that's not reality, right? So what happened to me when I first started doing hair is I got pretty good at cutting hair pretty fast and good means like my clients were happy every time. Not good like I was the best hair cutter on the planet. I got pretty good, pretty fast to where the clients were happy. The problem is I only had 10 clients. So as my 10 clients were happy, I went from like a $40 haircut to an $80 haircut. And then I spent three years trying to get busy because I, my haircuts were too expensive. I didn't have a bunch of people talking about me. I didn't have the experience. I didn't have the confidence, like I didn't have any of that stuff. So I had an expensive haircut, which I thought was made me really cool but I didn't have a lot of clients and it took me a long time. Now we're finding if you start with a $30, $40 haircut and you stick with it for a couple of years, now all of a sudden you're packed with a, you have a book that's full. If you can't get busy with a $30 haircut to where you're fully booked and they're trying to bust down the door to get to you, then you're probably, you're doing something wrong, right? And by wrong means, maybe you're not great at building relationships. Maybe you haven't been studying enough. Maybe you haven't been practicing enough all that stuff. If it's a couple years in and you have a $30 haircut, then that's kind of a sign that you need to make some adjustments. But it takes a couple years to build a book. Now, once they're trying to knock down the door, once they're busting, (laughs) they're calling, they can't get in, you're booking a couple months out, then you raise your prices. You raise your prices, people get freaked out, people leave you, it opens up space and you get the new clients that are trying to get in the door and can't. Now they're going to take up those spots, but you can't raise your prices when you're not busy. Like that's the thing. We chase money. You got to stop chasing money and start getting the people first. It takes time. This is a business of time. Everything takes time, but take your time. Don't worry about rushing to get to it. You're going to, ha- you're going to be better off in the end if you take your time to build it than if you try to rush and get through it that way. All right. Stephanie's asking what do you do with a hard to please client? So, hard to please client. I have one today. Hopefully she's not watching this, but um it's not hard to please, but she's kind of like uh I'll do her haircut and no matter how many times I've done her haircut, I do it and then at the end she goes, "Um, well, do you think maybe we could we should do it a little shorter here?" And I'm like, "Well, I don't think that because i cut it this length so like that's like but every time that that's she does it every single time when we get done she goes but do you think maybe we should i'm like do you think because obviously you think that it should be that way so um i think when you have somebody that's hard to please or you know they don't love something you're doing they obviously love something right and some people just are hard to please and Um, I'm probably the worst person to give you advice about this because I get frustrated with it. But I think uh, for me, what I try to tell myself is uh, they're obviously coming to you for a reason. They enjoy your company. They enjoy whatever it is. So um, you know they keep coming back. So you can't really be upset at that. And if they're too hard to please and and it's giving you a bad reputation, then that's when I would probably make a a change with them. Maybe just tell them you're not doing their hair anymore or whatever it is. But Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't worry about it too much. Some people just are hard to please. All right. Last question. And then I'm going to give away this color tray. So if you want to win, uh, make sure right now do a little sharing of this video in your, uh, feed so we can get, uh, some hairdressers on there. Let me know when you've shared it. Uh, I want to see that in the chat. And we're going to be giving away this color tray. It is awesome, by the way. It folds down. You can see on the the middle right image. uh, It folds down and you can store them. You can back them up to each other. Like I said, we just put four of them in the salon uh, and we're using them. Super high quality. Minerva makes the best stuff. So going to be giving that away. All right. Deja Rose says, what are the greatest strengths uh, to have as an educator? What are the most important traits to focus on helping your team build? Um, bah, bah, bah. All right, cool. So what is what are the greatest strengths to have as an educator? So this is something that I kind of touched on. I, I didn't touch on this question, but I touched on it a little bit in the last uh, episode, I believe. But for me, the most important thing at for being an educator in any industry, but in this industry, because it's kind of, A lot ego driven um the thing that frustrates me the most and i've literally blocked people that were my mentors um because of the fact that as an educator you're sharing information um as an educator what i'm doing and what my job is and everything i'm doing here is to give you what i know the knowledge that i have so you can take it and run with it and do whatever you want with it right um What's hilarious to me, uh, and the the bummer of sometimes what this industry does, is that people educate because it's their way of being popular, right? And um, and maybe and the, a lot of them are super talented, but they overcomplicate it to make it hair cutting or coloring or whatever it is seem like it's the most challenging thing on the planet, and that you know, and most of them have never had a successful clientele in their entire life, so. For me, it's a frustrating thing because you know, as as you start to gain popularity, or um, you know, the things that I was putting out for years, like I'm sharing, I didn't make up anything that I teach. Um, you know, I might spin it in a different way or or do whatever, but everything I teach came from somebody uh, that I learned it from, that I went to a class from, or whatever it is, and. You know, and I'll get private messages. I've, I got private messages the first six years of my online educating career because the people that were going out teaching classes or whatever saw me doing things that they maybe do or whatever it is. And I was sharing it on the internet and I would get these nasty messages. And it's just funny because as an educator, the most important thing is that you're doing it for the right reasons. Um, for me, yes, I liked uh, being on stage and teaching, Um, I like being in front of you guys doing this. I like talking to all of you. Um, you know, that does something for me, but at the same time, every time I make something or create something, or like the website we're working on or a video that we're creating, the intention is always to teach it to you guys so that you can take it, share it, do whatever you want with it, create your own YouTube channel. I don't care what it is, your own podcast. Um, I actually had somebody reach out to me and they were like, you know, this guy's starting a podcast and, you know, we do work with you. Do you, are you going to be upset if we do work with them as well? I'm like, no, like, no. Why would I care? There's enough room for all of us. And it's just funny to me that people have this ego. It's like, um, it's a very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Insecurity. It's it's insecurity, and it's and that's the part of our industry that needs to go away because you can't be an educator and insecure at the same time. Um, the point is to share things that you know so that somebody can run with it and be more successful. My goal is to make you more successful. If I can teach you to do something that makes your haircuts better, then I've done my job. I would I would be silly for me to see you do it or it's for you to see you share it with somebody else and for me to be upset about that. It's ridiculous. So that's the biggest thing. Let me just pop this question back up so that you guys can see what I'm answering or I can remember just so I know I got it. The greatest strength as an educator is to share what you know. That's it. That's what an educator is. It's a teacher. It's like a teacher in school. If you learn something from them and you, you use it in life and then they get upset about it. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. So just make sure, go out, do your thing. Don't be afraid of all of the ego in the industry and all of that stuff. Don't let anything hold you back because there's enough room in this industry for all of us. We can all be popular on YouTube, whatever. The whole point is to better the industry. Uh, and if that's not your goal, if that's not what you're doing as an educator, then you should stop and you should uh, become a musician or something. That's my thoughts. All right, with that being said, I should give something away because that's what, that's what we're doing here. All right, so let me know in the uh, chat if you wanna win. Um, I see some people shared, Rebecca, Janice, thank you. Um, cool. All right, so post that. I'm gonna show you guys what I'm giving away again. Let me pop that up here. So this giveaway is brought to you by MinervaBeauty.com. The tray, the gold tray that you see in our stations there, that's what I'm giving away, one of those to one lucky person. And if you guys could do me a favor, whether you're listening to this on iTunes, um, there's also, Minerva's doing a contest to give some of these away as well. So you can go, I believe to their Instagram, at Minerva Beauty, and you could enter to win if you don't win today. You could enter to win there. Um, And if you're listening on iTunes later and all that stuff, then you can win that way as well. All right. Let's see. So I did say, okay, lots of people shared, good job, good vibes. All right, I think, here's the biggest thing. It probably has to be in the U.S. Sorry, putting a little wrench in the situation. So post, let's do this. (laughs) Let's do this, post where you're from. So I know, So I know I'm sending it to the right place because Minerva would be very upset if they had to send it. I don't know if they would. They probably wouldn't care, but I don't know. We didn't talk about that. The good thing about them is that I literally text this morning and I said, can I give away something? I'm doing a podcast. And they said, yes, of course. So. All right. USA, USA. Cool. All right. All right. So I'm just going to scroll through and I'm going to pick somebody now. Here we go. Ready? And the winner is Janice. Is it Foden? Janice Foden. All right, Janice, here's what you have to do. You have to email me. Um, You can email Matt. Just email Matt at freesaloneducation.com. And, uh, Just say winner on the subject and uh, I'll forward your information over to uh, Minerva.